Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. All right, now I get to talk. We've got the music (laughs) over with. Welcome to AZ Brandcast, where we talk to all sorts of awesome Arizona people about the power of brand and how to build great brands in our remarkable state of Arizona. Today, I'm super excited to have Thomas Barr from Local First Arizona on the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked. Yeah, I've yeah. been like waiting for this. So yeah. I'm really glad that we're finally making it happen. A uh, quick intro about Thomas. Um, he's the executive director of Local First Arizona, which is the largest coalition of local businesses in North America. True story. Whoa, that's yeah. a big statement. Yeah. We'll have to get into that. It's a big continent. (laughs) It is a big (laughs) continent. And he advocates for a strong local business community. And I can attest that he is an advocate for that. Um, And the time that I've known him and seen him around and all the stuff that he's doing with Local First. But advocate for local business community that contributes to building vibrancy, equity, and prosperity across the state of Arizona. Um, He's a proud Arizona native. Yes. There's more than one One of of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there we go. High High fives. Um, and a graduate of Arizona State University. Uh, and Thomas leads Local First Arizona by advocating for the economic and cultural benefits provided by building strong local economies. There's so much there to unpack. There's I'm a really lot excited there. about that. Yeah. But first, Chris, a word yeah. from our sponsor. And I'm here too, everybody, as <laughs> usual. So our sponsor, CCZ. So our fantastic, fantabulous. I feel like we need a new uh, word for that there fantabulous fantastic like come on where's the imagination (laughs) friends at conscious capitalism arizona this local association is on a mission to share with the whole world how doing business for good is just good business this local chapter of conscious capitalism incorporated hosts tons of local events and provides resources for business leaders to instill a higher purpose in their company and engage all their stakeholders be sure to check them out at ConsciousCapitalismAZ.com. And aren't we having a conference or something like that? Oh, yeah. Pretty we got to talk about that for just a second. So Conscious Capitalism has their international conference this year in April. Dates are up on the website, ConsciousCapitalismAZ.com. But what's really cool is that conference is hosted this year in Phoenix. That's the that's the state conferences in Phoenix, right? No, the international the, 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 conference. the national conference. No, right? the international Interna- conference. So, like Chris. people from what, like where? People from, from where? From like from like Italy. <laughs> like literally, that's when you know you've made it. Yeah, I was sitting at the conference last year in Dallas, and the lady sitting next to me on one of the days was from Italy, and I was like, "This is awesome. This is an international movement for sure." Did you ask her for any recipes? Like, no, so we, her culture? we had a hard enough time just getting through like hello and what do you do and how how did you end up here right um so th- there was a little more than a cultural barrier there was a language barrier too so, right on which was awesome i mean she she came out of her way to come to an event you know thousands thousands of miles away across a very large ocean yep a sea called the mediterranean mm. i mean that's a big deal that's that's a long that's way a lot of seas and oceans yeah so it's it is literally an international conference. That That's is awesome. not just a a wish. Mike, are you going? I'm definitely going. I just bought my ticket Thomas, yesterday. Thomas, are you going? I'll definitely be there. Thomas will be definitely there. Definitely be there. Um, the sound engineer is just like woo woo. Like I'll be there. Yep. <laughs> Karen, like, our producer, will definitely be there. So, That's right. I think there's gonna be a lot of people from Arizona there too, which I'm really excited about. So it's gonna be awesome. I cannot wait. And Mike will be giving autographs too. 
<laughs> will you autographs? Will you deign to condescend to the? Uh, what, um, what are you talking about? <laughs> we need to have a chat after the show. It's, it's funny because Mike's like one of the most approachable people I know, so that's why it's funny. So for those of you who don't get it, but his autographs are highly sought after. They are. uh, I don't know. I I, I have a rule though. Mm -hmm. I only give autographs on forearms. That's that's my rule. What about casts? Yeah, that that counts. Okay. I I feel like a cast in a tattoo parlor. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The Mike Jones next episode. Mike's decision matrix on how he gives autographs. We'll definitely be members of local first Arizona. (laughs) There we go. There we go. So I guys icebreaker. Icebreaker yeah, we, we got to get into the icebreaker here. Icebreaker. So, your this is a softball icebreaker question, man. Like super positive, not fun at all. So you guys are gonna have to do some work to make this like okay. good stories. Best experience buying locally, or like, what's your favorite story about buying locally? It's hard to pick just one. Mm-hmm. Hard to pick just one, and I think I'm gonna pick one that's <clears throat> not mine, but my <laughs> wife's. So playing it safe, we. <laughs> <laughs> I love and it. I can tell her to listen to this later, so there she you go. Call her out. So, uh, my wife uh, works a super early job at the Phoenix Zoo. Mm-hmm. Also, a member of Local First Arizona. Actually, one of the founding um, board members of Local First was the previous director of the Phoenix Zoo. Oh wow! Yeah, that's um, cool. But anyway, she works super early, has to get up early in the morning, and she has summer hours where they, like, get up even earlier. Like, literally, we're up at, like, 4.30 in the morning. Wow. Um, and her favorite – our favorite coffee slash bagel shop, uh, Back East Bagels in Tempe, actually. <clears throat> the owner, super, super nice guy. Like, every time we come in, he's, like, taking us to the back, like, showing us all this stuff. Like, we can barely, like, even, like, leave that place every time we go. But he opens up after – she's on her way to work and she doesn't have much time in the morning. You know, like if you get up at four 30, you're obviously in a rush and you know, she'd go by every morning, pick up her chai latte or whatever it was. But then when their hours got cut even earlier, you know, he wasn't even open yet. So he actually started getting up earlier, getting to the shop, making her latte and then leaving it out on the table outside with her name on it so that she could just swing by and pick it up on her way to work every morning. I thought that was so freaking cool. And I mean, like we always talk about how local businesses have the opportunity and the they're the only ones that can innovate like that and do super mm, cool stuff yep. and be super personal with their operations or their service. And that's just like the prime example. So my wife took a photo of it on her car and was like, local businesses rock or whatever. I got like a mm-hmm. hundred likes or whatever. But I just think it's really, really fun and cool when when you see him do yep. that kind of stuff. So yeah. That's great. We should have made him go that. last. I know. <laughs> that story's I know. I'm not gonna beat that set. story. We set the bar. <laughs> the bar with two R's. The yes. Bar. The bar. Uh Mike, you want to go first or you want me to tell my uh, story? Oh uh, I need to stall longer. Okay. Why don't you go ahead, Chris? Mine's not that great, but it's just like so I moved to Arizona a few years ago and one of the biggest things I looked forward to was being able to eat dinner at Santan Flat. So mm-hmm. you guys know Santan Flat? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The San Engineer, yes. Uh, everybody, yeah. Yeah. So I go there and uh, they had, when I first, like before I moved here, they actually had saddles at the bar as the bar stools, right? So now imagine a, an international company being that like locally, you know, kind of like culture aware, right? To be able to make decisions at that level. And, um, you know, it's kind of like what you were saying with the whole, uh, you know, a, a local company can make decisions at that low level to, to really kind of interact with the people they're around. Right. And so there's a there's much closer of a match. So, you know, it's it's a cowboy bar. 
uh, you go there. I just, I'm just happy there. I never liked country music <laughs> until I, you know, like started going there. And now it's like, you know, just happy, just reminds me of a happy place. And, you know, of course, they have all these libertarian like sayings from Thomas Jefferson all over the place. So I'm just like, <laughs> this is like my element. You're in now. heaven. I'm in heaven. So. <laughs> Chris is in libertarian heaven. That, that's a, it's, it's not really an experience. It's just kind of like a, an experience they've created that just mm. continues to repeat, mm. you know, over and over again. I take my family there. I feel very safe there because of the, the, people who go there not worried about my kids running around you mm-hmm. know i'm more worried about what's going to happen to the guy who tries to take a kid at santan flat because of all the other people it's <laughs> 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 so that's kind of place you know it, it is so um mike did i buy you enough time sure all right I, I'm, I'm just gonna go with the same i have to make an arizona wilderness plug in every episode <sighs> yes that's like my my life goal not least because it's literally a, an eight-minute walk from my house. So <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, like I'm, I'm with Thomas. Like there's so many great experiences I've had here with local businesses that it's hard to pick one. But they've been kind of the one that stood out over the last couple of years. Um, not least because they're so accessible for me. So, mm. but yeah, I mean, just like having kind of watched their business grow. But I love how they've integrated just the culture of Arizona and their love for hiking here in Arizona into every aspect of their business. And it's not just a gimmick. It's like, wow, their beers are really good. Yeah. Super so, genuine. And they're moving, very genuine. they're opening up a tap room downtown Phoenix. I've heard that. So now I'm excited about. more people will get introduced to them. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Gilbert is awesome <clears throat> and they built such a culture and a draw there, but it's going to be cool to see the people of Phoenix come together yep. around them too. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, they're, they're kind of joining these, this awesome, these awesome ranks of like great local breweries like Santan and there's others too, but yeah, um, I was actually just having coffee with uh, Rob, the CEO of the Arizona craft brewers guild. That's awesome. And he was telling me how 12 breweries just opened up in Arizona. Holy crap. Year. Like we, I don't even know them all anymore. Yeah. You know, like no, that, there's so many now. Gotten cool. There's so many. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I feel like Arizona wilderness kind of epitomizes what's going on here from a kind of craft, not just even craft breweries, but I feel like they're just across the board. There's this like arts and crafts movement, obviously yeah. internationally and nationally, but I feel like here in Arizona, there's just a lot of really cool stuff going on. It's one of the few, so craft beer, not this whole show is going to be about craft beer, but um, <laughs> it very well could be. I think there's be another, okay. yeah. be okay with that. Um, it's 11 a.m. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's five o'clock somewhere, right? As, yeah, say, as the saying goes. Um, craft beer, I feel, is one of the very few industries that big business cannot corrupt. Like they can try as hard as they possibly can. They can mass distribute. They can, I mean, we've seen some mm-hmm. um, breweries get bought out by the big guys. All that stuff is happening. But you cannot replicate the craft of a small microbrewery making something really, really special and good like yep. on in a mass-produced way. It's just one of the industries that can't be corrupted, I feel. And so... I just like that's like the heart of America to me is, is that, <laughs> that entrepreneurship, that small business being able to like not let the big guys touch you. Yep. I think it's it is so vibrant in the craft beer industry. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm glad I got still to, still 11 a.m. I like that. I like that point of view. But soon um, enough, it'll be noon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> noon. Now we know Mike's cut off. <laughs> All right. So, so uh so what is what is tell us about Local First Arizona? Yeah, Local First, uh, largest local business coalition in the country in North America. Um, we put it simply, work to celebrate locally owned businesses. Um, for a really long time in Arizona, 
as uh, Mike and I um, just described being natives here, people weren't proud of this place. I'd say even 10 years ago, people mm-hmm. were not proud of living here. I was a kid sure. growing up wearing Arizona t-shirts and, you know, proud of uh, being a Diamondbacks fan and people would be like, huh? Like you had a purple like, hat too. Oh, totally. Oh yeah. Yeah. My brother actually just got me one of the classic purple ones. for yeah, Christmas. I'm that's rocking awesome. It. But I mean, people could not wait to leave, yeah. whether it was after high school, whether it was after college, regardless. And we've really seen a huge shift in um, hometown pride. Mm-hmm. And that's what Local First Arizona has been doing over the past 16 years that we've been in existence is connecting people to place. And we find, I mean, the reason this organ- our organization was started was to connect people to place. And the way you do that is connect them to locally owned businesses. If people know the owners of the pizza shop that they're going to dinner at, if they know their barber, um, if you know the owner of the bank that you're keeping your money, you're naturally going to feel more connected to a place. And because of that, you're going to volunteer, you're going to vote, you're going to give back charitably, you're going to be involved in issues that are happening and opportunities um, in developing your community into the place that you want it to be rather than feeling disconnected from it. And so we work to bring together locally owned businesses. We have 3,500 local businesses across the state of Arizona that we provide support to and resources for and a voice for in the very uncompetitive or the very unbalanced markets that they compete in. And then we connect people to those businesses. So we want people to be going to that local coffee shop, but also considering, hey, where are you getting your groceries? Where are you going to the movies on the weekend? How can you shift more of your spending to local businesses to have that positive impact in the community? So. Yeah. So that's interesting because that's a lot of a lot of ways we think about branding, right? And this is the easy brandcast. The <laughs> the the question we're always trying to get answered is what's special about Arizona? Not is is it a commodity? Because you know people are always like, well, <clears throat> it's a cheap place to do business, right? Mm-hmm. But what you're talking about sounds like decommoditizing localness, decommoditizing where you live, right? Making totally it like, I mean, what do you, what do you why do you think people don't choose to connect more with? their community. I don't think it's, uh, I think over the years, um, our, our economy has transformed in a way to make us think that the most convenient and the least expensive thing is the best for us without really considering the big picture of that. We know that more dollars stay in the local economy when we spend them with local businesses, more jobs are supported, more taxes stay here that support our parks and our firefighters, police officers and libraries. Um, but when you're making a very quick decision or you've, you've got to make a decision on how to purchase something, <clears throat> we were, we're bombarded, like even when we drive with billboards and on television and in all these outlets of all of these companies with huge marketing budgets that feed to us all the time that that decision is the best. So what Local First Arizona has come into play to do is just to get people to think a little differently about how we spend our money and to consider that if you seek out a local business, maybe if you drive another mile, you know, maybe if you um, do a little bit more research and you find that business in the community, whether it's Arizona Wilderness or whoever, not only are you going to keep more dollars here, but you're going to have better experience. Uh, you're going to get connected to a place. You're going to find a really cool thing that's right here. And it's funny how you say, you know, when you talk about <clears throat> why people like this place, I think what people used to say is, oh, Arizona's great because the weather or we live right. on a grid, you know, just really, <laughs> like, really? Like, that's why you so live that's here? That's basic things. And now you're that's here. what I always look yeah. for wherever I live. Is it a grid? <laughs> is it a grid? Yeah. But I mean, You've never gone on vacation to somewhere like Chicago or Los Angeles or wherever and be like, man, like 
you got to go out there. They've got this awesome Starbucks and Kmart, and (laughs) (laughs) you're never going to find anywhere like it. Like, no, you talk about all the amazing things you did. So why not live and appreciate those things Mm -hmm. locally where we are here all the time, right? And so you start to see that that narrative about why people are proud of this place change, I think, over the last 10, 15 years a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I mean, just from my own perspective, um, watching the state kind of evolve and, you know, especially the, the Metro Phoenix area and just seeing how I think that that greater emphasis on the relationships and quality of experience over just like convenience, you know, like what's yeah. the quickest, easiest, cheapest way to get what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead saying like, no, like I want to actually have a better experience. I want to, I want to know the owner yeah. of the restaurant that I go to every Friday night. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which not only creates like, okay, there's an, a relational aspect to that, but also just like, well, now I'm invested, right? I know them, they know me. We're each invested, um, in what they're doing and in the experience I'm about to have when mm-hmm. I step in to that restaurant or mm-hmm. when I buy that product. So, yeah. um, I mean, we, I, we're big advocates of, you know, relationship first yep. in all of business. And we work primarily with other businesses who are selling to businesses. And we see that happening on like a B2B level. Yeah. Yep. But I think that's true also at B2C. Like we just have better experiences when we know the people we're having a quote unquote transaction with. Yeah. And that's the, I think that B2B is the side that the consumer tends to not think about or yep. see. Because when we seek out, you know, the most convenient thing and, and not that local businesses are inconvenience, um, but we tend to think that they're not. Right? Sometimes they're not. It's a misconception. I think that they always are. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> we forget that when we take our dollars and spend it with a local business that's here, that business is going to turn around and use it with another local business that's here. Oh. You know, they're going to hire a web developer. They're going to hire a graphic designer. They've got a printing company locally. They've got an accountant here. They've got an insurance agent here. Uh, I mean, you could go on all day about all these businesses that you never see on the five o'clock news and you never hear the business talk about. But you're, you know, you go to a local coffee shop, buy your $5 latte at a, at a local place, that business is going to turn around and your dollars are going to have a greater impact because of all the other businesses that business is supporting. So I think that's where what you guys do is super important yep. to bridge that relationship connection to what the consumer doesn't usually see. So, yeah. yeah. So, so as much as we're about relationship, right, <clears throat> I still like my phone is a Samsung. And so you probably know what's coming next, right? So how do you... What's a good way to, so, you know, I'm not going to buy probably, I live in Queen Creek. Yeah. I'm not going to buy a, a phone made in Queen Creek, probably. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, um, I don't know that there is one. Yet. Right. I mean, but if, somebody, if there was, if, if, if you there know was, what, I, please might let not, me know. <laughs> I might not want to buy it though. Right. Because I'm like, well, you know, was there like a technic technological infrastructure or is it just like being made out of gangplank from, um, by the way, I love those guys. Oh, yep. Shout out to gangplank Queen Creek. Yes. Cause they probably could make a phone. Um, <laughs> but uh with their 3d printers and stuff um anyway uh so you know um what is a good so probably no one's gonna say yeah you want to buy a car made in your town always right what's a good way for people to rationally just say hey i want to support my own community i want to have these relationships at what point though do i like okay so the car is easy right there's no automotive manufacturer in queen creek nope but a harder thing might be like all right do i go to you know, a local, like go to Walmart, I'll at least be supporting local employees or I can do one better than that and go to like a local store, yeah. you know, for some things. 
But if I'm going to Walmart, you know, I might have to stop at like five other stores to get what I could get at one stop at Walmart. What's the like, what's a good, rational, kind of reasonable way to to work through that? What's the best way people can think about that? Yeah, I think it's um, two two thoughts is first is just start with what's realistic for you, like. Instead of going to, you know, think, man, how can I source my cell phone (laughs) or my car? Like, like, where can I eat this weekend? Like, where can I buy my groceries for my family? Bashes or, you know, a company that's headquartered in Ohio. Um, And what's going to have a greater impact? And, you know, maybe it's not, maybe you live across the street from a place that's not local and you've got to go there sometimes. The point is not to feel bad or feel guilty about not shopping locally. It's about trying to be intentional with your dollars as often as you can to have that greater impact. So your groceries, your movie theaters, um, where do you get your tires changed or your oil changed? Can you go to a local auto shop rather than a, a national company? You know, taking those easy steps to get the practice. Discount out. tire, Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's a, just a habitual thing to do a little bit of research first and find those things. Um, <clears throat> I won't go off on a tangent about the cell phone industry because <laughs> that's another show that we'll do sometime. Like, but two cents on that. I mean, do you really want less options? You know, like think about the options you have when you go to buy a cell phone. Like you almost have like three or four places maybe that you can get it from or put a deal with. We know that less options for consumers is not a good thing. The more options you have, um, the more competitive the marketplace is for the things that you're purchasing, the better it is for you. So we need to support more independent businesses to keep our options open as consumers mm-hmm. in order to have a competitive market for those places that we're sourcing goods and services from. And then the other thing is, <clears throat> I have a lot of people say, you know, there's people that know my wife, again, I'll plug her again, that say, you know, I'm going to Walmart. Don't tell, don't tell Thomas. <laughs> 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 or people walk up to me at like a local first mixer and they're like, so I was at Target last week. I'm so sorry. And pat me on the back. And I'm like, no, like, like, don't feel guilty because it's not, we're not trying to point the finger at the consumer for, for the options that are presented in front of you. It's not your fault that these businesses have, are, are in front of you. But let's say you don't have any other options rather than to go to that store. Why don't you try to seek out local products that are in that store? Even if you went to a Walmart, you could buy Shamrock Farms products. You could buy local craft beers. You could find probably local peanut butter or local honey or local vegetables that come from local farms. And you can be as intentional as you possibly can as a consumer without thinking, oh man, I have to go here and I feel really bad about myself. That's not, that, that's not the point. The point is to be as intentional as you can to find those realistic things that you can do as a consumer to support more businesses that are around you. And and I think if you can do that, if you take that step, then you're doing everything you can and being an active person in the community to support local businesses. That's awesome. So, so like, what's the 1% I can do this week that I didn't do last week kind of thing? Like, what's the minimum, like, you know, how do I make one different decision, right? Yeah. Like, what, like and build on that, right? And yeah. so it's not, it's not a question of like, let's figure out where I can, should logically draw the line. Right. Uh, we don't have to do that. Right. All we have to do is just figure out what we can do the next week. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, Queen Creek, like you guys have awesome stuff out there. Uh, the I think so. Queen Creek People Olive Mill. Us, but- <laughs> Queen Creek Olive Mill does <laughs> all those awesome events oh, and they yeah. bring out all those local purveyors and do all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just the, the urban areas yeah, yeah, that have everything. There's, the there's places mill. all over the state that have cool stuff and, and are doing cool local things. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I, can I have a quick aside? 
to make a shout out to all the local coffee shops to encourage them to do something because this is the argument that I continually have with our team for like the last three years about my <laughs> coffee purchasing habits. Um, I typically buy a local whenever I, whenever I can, just cause yeah. there's two reasons for that. One is well, I, I know a lot of local mm. coffee shop owners or roasters. Actually, that's cool. kind of where I'm more plugged in. And so I want to support them. Some of them are good friends and you know, it's easy to buy from people, you know, and yeah. that you trust and that you like, and you want to see them succeed. Like who? Uh, well, like Sage Fresh Coffee or Cartel. Um, nice. Those would be the top two that I have good, strong relationships with. But there's one challenge. So this is, I, I'm kind of giving a case example for okay. people. So I keep running into the same issue. When I'm on my way to work and I'm running late, I want to pick up a good cup of coffee and a quick bite to eat. That's usually where the where I run into an issue. There's not a good local place on my way that will fulfill that need in a drive through Right. Mm. Cause I don't have time to get out and like, I'm, we're, we got to move here. And unfortunately, Starbucks is the only option on the market right now for that. And so that's kind of where I've drawn my line of like, okay, when push comes to shove and I'm running late and I got to grab, you know, a coffee and a bite to eat. Yeah. I'm going to hit the Starbucks. It's literally on my, like, it's on the on ramp. And so that's like the one time where I'm like, okay, I'm going to fudge a little bit here on my on my values. <laughs> so Mike is requesting drive throughs I am. I've been calling for this for like a year and a half of like drive call someone. And I know I know a couple places have thought through this, and mm. it's hard, right? It's not easy. And so you know, I get it. But yeah, if someone wants to put one at um, <laughs> Alma School on the 60, uh, on the south side of the 60, uh, there's a great opportunity to get at least one customer on almost a daily basis. Okay. So and where so. I'm going to try to solve this problem for you in real this. time right now. Yeah. Where do, do you drive from and to? I drive basically from Elliott and Alma School okay. into here. So, so you take I'm taking the 60 to the 10. Okay. So you can hop off the 60 at McClintock. I know where you're going with this. And go to Extreme Bean. They're pretty quick. They're pretty quick. What's their food? This is always the they challenge. They got bagels, they got burritos, okay. they've got baked goods, and super friendly staff. I live down the street from them. Yes, I've I've been there many so, times, but never. They're pretty the quick. I, I'll I'll give you that option. Okay, because that's the first like one it. that comes to mind. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, you might try it out. I will. Cool. I promise I will try it out, Thomas. <laughs> and we'll bring you back on. We'll do a little review. Cool. Yes. Cool. <laughs> it was a terrible accepted. experience. They ruined everything. <laughs> no, I. I mean, how do you how do you ruin like a bagel and cup of coffee it's pretty hard it's pretty hard it's pretty hard yep. pretty hard so. so thanks for calling me out i love it <laughs> i still want one in all my school in the 60 so and now i'm just thinking of every local coffee shop that actually does have a drive-thru there's not that it. many okay extreme beans the one i know of okay. um most of the ones that i love don't yeah. okay. so like yeah. cartel steve's yeah, espresso yeah, yeah. uh sozo those are all my typical like yeah stops you're right and i love them all like if I could, I would just go to all those. You know, Sozo is probably the closest to my house. I mean, that's another one where I, I that they've created a great experience with their coffee shop. That's cool. Um, just making it really, just a great meeting space. Uh, that's if we're gonna plug another local, local place. So. <laughs> Sozo, Sozo. I'm writing down all Sozo. these. We're gonna have. We're gonna like. We're gonna like at mention all these people on Twitter. <laughs> yes. There we go. Nice. Anyway, we got other questions. We got to do. Yeah, I talk um, too much. Do you want me to? Do you want me to grab yeah, another one? Go for it. I love asking questions. So, 
On the Easy Brandcast, we talk a lot about, well, what we're really trying to get at is what makes Arizona special besides just being cheap. Yeah. And, you know, good weather, like you mentioned, right? Okay, good weather. That's that's great. But what makes Arizona, like, what, like, is there a niche? Is there hmm. a point of view culturally or something that kind of grew, like, is close to kind of, to have grown out of the ground here almost, you know, mm. where, where um, we Citrus. actually have an interesting, ah, oh, dude, come on, man. <laughs> citrus i don't know maybe look hey you know what no wrong answers yes and uh, used to be used to be one of the five c's yes wait so. tell us of the five c's right it's been oh, like one of our first totally episodes on this. the last time oh, we mentioned on. this so climate citrus crap why am i forgetting all of them now cotton cotton yeah cotton. cattle cattle climate. oh it's so we, there's one more climate? i said climate climate copper. cotton copper that was it copper okay yep. All right. Yeah. All of which are a bit passe now. Right. So, all right. So with that in mind, what is, uh, what are, what are some ideas we can come up with? Even if uh, no pressure on you, let's brainstorm. Let's think of ways that, uh, Arizona is, has some kind of advantage it can offer the world, some kind of leadership, some kind of point of view hmm. that helps it to offer real value to the rest of the world and products, services. Sure. Tough one to answer. Um, I think there's a lot. First of all, I think that Arizona. So, a lot of a lot of the time, I think in the past, um, we tend to land in the national news for negative things. But of the joke on a late night TV show for something happening at the legislature, right? It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. Like that just tends to be mm-hmm. why we get national news. Um, but like, like I can't think of an example, Sheriff Joe. <laughs> <laughs> He's the easy one. <laughs> but we tend to not get national coverage for things we do really, really well. Yeah. Or, or you know, things that we're, we're growing into. And what a lot of people don't know is, so I think we tend to, you know, land on the bottom of the list on education funding and things like that. And that's what a lot of people talk about. Not that education is not important. It absolutely is. But what a lot of people don't know is that Fast Times magazine has ranked Arizona as the best place to start a business for like 10 years. Hmm. Uh, the best place in the entire country to start your business. You say Fast Times magazine? Yeah. Not, maybe it's not because, maybe it's for a few of the things that you said before. You know, it's inexpensive to move here. There's resources. There's, um, you know, uh, spaces like Max 6 that yep. you can start a business in. Um, it's a low cost to, to yeah. I mean, just from a regulatory standpoint, yeah. you know, there's not a ton of like, hurdles you've got to jump to start a business here yeah. i know just from stories from you know friends and family who started businesses in california and mm-hmm. just you know like starting a coffee shop it took my cousin you know a, 18 months to get his coffee shop open yeah based purely on regulatory hurdles he had mm. to jump through mm-hmm. um, from the city of san diego and the state of california yeah. And not that there isn't regulation here right you know it's like you can't just go down the street and open up a coffee shop in any old space and you know, no rules, no rules, <laughs> but there's a few, you know, there's a little bit more freedom. Um, there's a little bit more, I think, I mean, if you're, if you're opening an LLC and you're just doing a service-based business that doesn't require any licensing, um, in your industry for 20 bucks, you can have a business tomorrow. Mm. I mean, it's literally a two page piece of paper wow. and 20 bucks, or wow. 25 bucks, I think to file. So I think with that, the di- like, I mean, you look at a place like Silicon Valley and yeah, obviously that's a tech yep. region. I think that Phoenix has such a diversification in the types of entrepreneurs that are launching. I mean, 
a lot of people like when we think of um, going to get tacos, you know, there's the obvious places that pop up, but I don't think a lot of people actually realize like the plethora of taquerias that actually exist in the Metro Phoenix area. Like if you Google it or if like you look around, there are hundreds, like literally hundreds of entrepreneurs that own taco shops in this area. And there's people starting conscious businesses in Max six. Like how many businesses have been incubated out of the space? Maybe 60 or so at least something like that. More than that. Yeah. Like recycle glass and truce. And so you have this diversification in all the different regions that are here of of entrepreneurs that aren't just starting a tech company, mm-hmm. but maybe starting a restaurant or a coffee shop or a conscious-minded product business. And the opportunity to do that, I think, is an incredibly niche for Arizona, as, as far as what I've seen across the state. So so that sounds like uh, <clears throat> if there are that many different businesses working in the same kind of close area, that makes me think that maybe there's collaboration waiting to happen because collaboration is the next logical step, right? For innovation with um, diverse businesses. So you collaborate and the collaboration could maybe yield something that's really interesting. So that's interesting. Yeah. I'd argue that I've had this argument or this kind of conversation, uh, especially in the last kind of years we've um, I've been working a lot with Phoenix startup week and understanding kind of the, the cultural identity of entrepreneurship Mm. in Arizona. And I think that's the word that we keep coming back to in a lot of our conversations is diversity Mm -hmm. of industry and experience um, all in one place. And I think you can get that in other places. Like, I don't know that we could like hang our hat on that quite yet. Um, Well, and plus diversity by itself doesn't mean anything no but it's this like cross-pollination of ideas it's when that happens effectively right yeah so i don't know i'm brainstorming here well yeah yeah i don't know if that's yeah let me jump off that because we had rod leninger on before and he was talking about um he was talking about using talent from you know the institutions that we have here and it feels like asu is kind of a big i don't know if you call it an aggregator i mean but it seems like there's a lot that happens around you know, mm-hmm. Arizona State University. And it feels to me like if we're talking about diversity and we want to turn diversity into a strength, right? Then you you need to have a way for you know, like a platform or a um, kind of a gathering place mm-hmm. um, for businesses to do that effectively, right? Not just like, yeah, let's get together and find out what we can do. But like, you know, what's the process? Is there a process for that? Mm-hmm. Like, you would use the P word, wouldn't you, Chris? It would, process. I, I mean, I can't not. It's, <laughs> it's in Chris Q. is a process guy. Okay. <laughs> I have to use the word process like every hour or I just get backed up in my queue. So. <laughs> and then I have bad dreams about process. Yeah. But anyhow. So. Yeah. But I think there's, I think that's like we were talking about, it's some kind of combination of those, those ideas where yeah. like, you know, diversity of, of businesses is really important, I think, for, you know, especially a diversity of entrepreneurial ideas. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got that probably mm-hmm. in spades. I, I, I love that. I mean, you're so close to a lot of these businesses and knowing kind of where, where each of them is focused and stuff. And to, so to hear that um, backed up something I've been feeling for a long time. Um, but I think it's also cool because it's so it's fairly easy to like get your idea off the ground here. Mm-hmm. Um, there aren't like a million hurdles to jump through. And it's like, hey, I have an idea. There's resources here. I can get that going pretty quickly and see if it's going to work. Sure. Um, and that's pretty. That's pretty cool. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's a lot of 
organizations like Local First and and others that mm-hmm. are trying to aden- identify the hurdles that are in the way of small businesses yep. growing, thriving, starting um, in different communities. Um, so I think when you talk about diversity of small business or business in general, it's not just small, it's large, small, medium, it's yep. industry, it's ownership, um, it's cultural, it's regional, um, yep. it's ideas, um, it's all of the above. And so finding the barriers to different communities to start businesses um, and thrive within them to create wealth for themselves, I think is is incredibly attainable, but also something that a lot of different groups are are looking at and providing resources for here because of that. So, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking when we first started the AZ Brandcast, one of the ideas that was in my mind is like, um, so I spent, when I was a kid, I spent some time at Fort Huachuca because my dad was in the military. And um, I, was, I was just thinking, well, what about a place like that? And what about like Sierra Vista? And what about like some town, Wickenburg? I don't know. Like what do, what makes all these places special? You mm-hmm. know, it'd be so cool just to, just to be able to understand like, like you were just talking about, you know, how do you take that local leadership and how do, how do you, how do, how do those places make sense of themselves? You yeah. know, like make really, which is what branding is, right? Mm-hmm. But how do those places make sense of themselves? And then um, together, how do they make sense as, you know, like maybe bring them all together and they make, they make a lot of sense out of an Arizona brand, right? Yeah. But that, that's kind of one of the questions that we always kind of, it's always in the back of my mind anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you guys, I, I think, have done a really good job of starting to connect those dots, right? Moving beyond just the Phoenix metro area and saying, like, this is a, we are a, a community of communities and we have uh, a lot of diversity across our state, not just in the metro area. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I've been watching kind of your rural initiatives and some of the other stuff that you guys are doing to reach outside of, of just the metro. Yeah, I mean, there's local businesses everywhere. And mm-hmm. I think we forget about it sometimes. Arizonans spend... And this is another one of those weird stats that's just in the back of my mind. But Arizonans alone spend $6.5 billion a year vacationing in California. Holy crap. Every year? Yeah. Crazy number. Holy crap. Could you imagine if we even just redirected 10% of that to rural Arizona and vacationed there instead mm-hmm. sometimes? I mean, we can't compete with beach. We can't compete yeah. with Disneyland. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. But, you know. Well, we put a lake in Tempe. So, I mean, maybe true. we're edging, edging closer. There you go. <laughs> lake surf. Waves. <laughs> No, but I mean, so we just one need thing. More water parks. That's what we're really saying. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my my friends and I uh, actually make make it intentional to do a, a rural Arizona trip once a year. Mm-hmm. So we do Prescott, Bisbee. Where are we going this year? We're going to Page this year. That's awesome. Actually, yeah. So um, there's so many there's great so much, places yeah. to check out. Yeah. Um, in Arizona, I know for my wife and I, that's like one of our like anytime we're like, hey, we we, we just need a weekend, right? Yeah. And it's like, where are we going to go? Prescott, Flying Staff, yeah. Sedona. Page, Bisbee, Jerome. Yeah. I mean, there's just, and every place kind of has its own unique little totally. culture and restaurants yeah. and, and ambiance. And like, there's always cool history to, to find out. Mm-hmm. I think there's, there's so many opportunities for people to dig in more here yeah. and understand what's, what's here. And I think one of the coolest things I find about Arizona is when I talk to people who've either just don't know it very well and they come. And a lot of times they're more incentivized than we are as locals to actually get out and experience all of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the feedback is always like, wow, this state is like way more diverse than I thought it was, right? <laughs> it's more than just, you know, a bunch of saguaro cactus in the middle of a yeah, desert. It's not the whole thing is not the Sonoran Desert. Yeah. And albeit the Sonoran Desert is beautiful. Yeah. And there's some really cool stuff you can do in the Sonoran Desert. You know, yeah. there's great places to go like Tucson and Tombstone and yeah. like all over. And even, I mean, like... 
in the urban cores, like there's so many people come out here. Like there's so many people here from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, to your to our point, we were third time bring this up about being natives. Two thirds of the people that live in Arizona are from another state. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so few. I mean, I I feel like that number is decreasing and the native number is continuing to grow. But there's so many people I've talked to that come out here and just like all you guys have are super cuts. And I'm just like, man, like I'll find you a hundred barbershops in five minutes. Like, you know? And yeah. so there's this like perception. I think when people come from another place that the way we're structured and built is just for like chains, but yeah. there are so many businesses out there. You just have to find them. Yeah. And that's what we do. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Can we switch gears? Yeah. Are you guys good? I want to switch and talk about, um, so we're sponsored by Conscious Capitalism. Local First Arizona has partnership with Conscious yeah. Capitalism. Where is, um, but the the two organizations aren't identical or you wouldn't need you both probably, right? So <laughs> what's the what's the best way to describe that overlap? Like, like what is, what is, um, what do the two share in common? Yeah, um, few things, several things, I think. Um, so, Conscious capitalism, from my perception, is you know focused on working with any business that's out there that either is consciously practicing and developed themselves in a conscious way to have community impact, or um, to ensure that you know internally as a, as a company they are thinking about how they impact society and are taking steps or developing themselves in a way to have a positive impact um, on the world rather than just focused on profits for themselves. And there's a lot of overlap between that and the very being of what Local First Arizona is, which is be intentional about how you spend your money, you know, um, provide resources to local businesses because that right there is a conscious step you can take as a consumer. And so we work with our business owners to get them to think innovatively and creatively about how they can remain competitive. And I think at the forefront of that is being a good business um, and that's how we really connected with the local folks at the uh, Conscious Capitalism Arizona chapter, because if you're a local business and you're, um, you know, being innovative about how you have customer service or treat your employees or the environments and and all those different things that you can be doing, then not only are you a, a local business, but you're being a good local business. And so there's overlap for I think both groups in that spectrum, um, yeah. So, so it sounds like um, where conscious capitalism might be saying, "Hey, businesses, do what you kind of want to do, which is like run your business, you know, in a way that's conscious, right?" And um, I'm sure there are businesses that don't want to do that, but well, you know, <laughs> they don't. Yeah, they're not involved in this. But um, the um, the and and so what you're talking about is like local first. You're almost saying you're almost saying, okay, now people you also have a role to play in this like consumers you also have a role to play yeah. in this yeah and you know here's almost kind of like making the connection between the two yeah and also giving a platform for the local businesses that and telling their story um for how they're doing great things like i mean perfect example you look at adam goodman from goodman's interior mm-hmm. and he was the first um registered benefit corporation in the state that's mm-hmm. Not just focused on profits, um, but focused on community impact. Obviously, a business has to make a profit to stay in business, um, but how uh, they develop their internal team, um, how they look at um, how they interact with nonprofits in the community, and not just giving a donation at the end of the line at the end of the year, but how do they center community within their business in order to be of service to the community too? And I think he's just a shining example of you know a great local company that's been able to 
be successful and um, treat their employees really well and the community really well at the same time. So we come into play there by, you know, telling that story, helping other businesses think creatively about how they can do some of those things similarly as well. So that's awesome. Um, do I do I get all the questions, Mike? Are, yeah, I think are you so. You're on a roll by man. allowing me to ask all the questions. <laughs> you're, you're on a roll. Um, this is great. I'm loving the answers we're getting. This is very interesting. Um, so um, as we, I think we're at the 15 minutes close. Oh, cool, yeah. perfect timing. Um, so as we're kind of getting toward closing, um, so this this good business summit. Um, this is in cooperation with Conscious Capitalism. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. partner for the event they're for sure. For yeah, event. collaborating okay. on it for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, so as a, so, could you tell us a little bit about this Good Business Summit? Maybe first of all, what you know, when it is, where it is. Yeah. You know, maybe how people sign up, and then maybe kind of some thoughts behind. Yeah, Arizona Good Business Summit, the inaugural, the first one ever that's ever existed, happening January thirtieth, twenty nineteen, at Phoenix Convention Center. It's only uh, seventy nine dollars if you're a member of Local First or Conscious Capitalism Arizona. It's only 20 bucks higher than that if you're not a member of either group. Um, Super affordable. And we just have a rock star plethora of local speakers and actual national speaker too. So the mindset behind this summit is to bring together people that are doing really great things in the community to ignite more passion behind trying to be better businesses for Arizona. I think when people say, what is the word that you think of when you think of your state? I think of opportunity. We have so much opportunity to show the rest of the country how the businesses here are taking um, steps and strides to be better businesses and to show how, yeah, you can treat your employees well and be profitable. You can uh, have a collective impact in the community and be profitable too. And so we're bringing out Kim Jordan, the founder of New Belgium Brewing in Fort Collins, Colorado, to be our keynote speaker. Kim Jordan grew up in a super active, socially active family that always centered uh, things like environmental sustainability and uh, activism and all those things. And then she started a brewery uh, in a basement um, and they're the largest benefit corporation that's employee owned in the entire country today. Mm. So she's going to come and share her story. And then we just have a plethora of breakout sessions and panels of local experts um, talking about Um, you know, disrupting the broken systems within um, business that hinder us from being successful and and conscious, Um, talking about how you can be environmentally sustainable and still still be thinking about your bottom line. So there's there's a plethora of awesome, awesome people coming together. Uh, First year we're doing it, we're super excited about it. So yeah, that's awesome. Mike, are you going? I'm going. I I think you are too. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going. Considering I totally gonna be the there two tickets yesterday and i'm gonna yeah. or not yeah, no sorry. that that, that was, was a, that was a conscious capitalism something. about a month ago yeah so. um and i will be giving autographs okay you're gonna be giving autographs okay yes i'm glad we cleared that and out. i don't have the stringent standards okay. for autograph giving that you do yeah so i'm so, much more accessible i'm a man of the people yeah so you're, you're open to like foreheads and, and necks <laughs> and uh feet. see you're going into interesting territory feet? there no no feet um okay my standards aren't as Stringent. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they can print out copies of our podcast and then you can sign those. Print out transcripts. Transcripts. That would be, <laughs> that would be very I'll sign some transcripts. Transcripts. Yes. <laughs> unless, it's, unless, it's, uh, unless those transcripts are tra- tattooed on unmentionable locations, then okay. I will forego there, that. There's the cutoff. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we cleared that up. 
So in case any of you were thinking of <laughs> getting Chris to tattoo Mike, or uh, sign your, your tramp stamp. I asked for this. I know you I did. did. You opened the it. door and I stepped right into <laughs> it. Wide door. Yeah. Pandora's box. We got to close the Pandora's box. Oh no, we have like 10 minutes to close the box. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I want to so I want to go back to something that we touched on earlier yeah. with Arizona. So we talked about kind of some of the distinctives that are positive. But I was curious, you had mentioned like working with local businesses to understand what their hurdles are mm. um, for both starting and growing here. What are some of those? What are some areas where there's room for improvement for Arizona? Yeah, the I'd say the problems are different depending on the communities that we're working in. So. One of the things that, uh, so Local First was uh, founded and started by Kimber Lanning, who's a small business owner too. She owns Stinkweeds Records mm-hmm. in Central Phoenix, opened up an art gallery in Roosevelt Row back in 99. That's still open today. <clears throat> she started Local First um, to bring together all the local businesses in our state because there wasn't a place for all of them to come to to network together and to to collaborate together. And along the way realized, you know, we can tell everybody to buy local. We can bring together all the locally owned businesses. But if we aren't identifying different communities that may be having um, different barriers in front of them in order for people to buy local from them or to start local businesses themselves that are successful, then we're leaving out different pieces of this puzzle. Mm. So she started in 2009, the local first Arizona foundation, which is what she runs today. And it identifies um, and provides opportunities and solutions to some of these barriers that are out there. One of those barriers is in rural Arizona, which Mm. we were talking about before economic development in rural Arizona um, requires a completely different strategy than what you might bring to an urban core rural communities throughout the country I have been progressing more and more slowly economically than urban areas Mm -hmm. throughout the country for a lot of different reasons. Um, But the Local First Arizona Foundation comes into those communities and acts as the Arizona Rural Development Council, um, providing different solutions, bringing people together to think innovatively. How do we drive more tourism here rather than just having people go to California? Mm -hmm. How do we help the businesses that are here collaboratively work together in order to stimulate the local economies and all these different areas. Cause every rural town is going to have different issues and different things coming through. Um, there's a lot of areas that have had, you know, the 99 cent stores come in and drive all the grocery stores in the area out of business. So that the residents that live in those communities now only have one place that they can go to get their groceries. So these are very specific issues that small businesses in rural towns are seeing that the foundation side of Local First Arizona brings Mm. uh, to the table. Another community is the local food community. Mm. Uh, We could say eat local all day long. (laughs) But if, I mean, there's a gap between um, those that are procuring and producing uh, local food in Arizona and getting that in um, the hands and the mouths of the people that live here. So helping small farmers and helping uh, local food uh, procurers uh, with um, ideas and, and innovative strategies and on how to build their companies and get their products in the hands of chefs and restaurants and people that will purchase them is something that the foundation mm. looks at as well. So we provide different events and opportunities to help those types of businesses do that because our food industry has moved to a very big 
mass producing type of efforts. So there's just a couple examples of some of the things that we've identified as an organization. There are some of those barriers to different people and in different industries and regions um, in order to to build and and grow their businesses. Yeah. So does that tend to be more of an information problem or is it a cost problem? Um, I think it's a systemic problem, how our economy has developed. Okay. So, I mean, just looking at rural we for i mean the the old problem that was for rural communities was a big business coming in and shutting out all the mom and pops so that they don't exist anymore right and then as those big businesses come in and all of the people that live in that community t- spend their money with that business dollars were extracted from that community because we know more dollars stay in a small community when it's spent with the businesses that are developed there what we're starting to see now is that in rural areas, a lot of people are doing all their shopping on Amazon. Mm -hmm. So even more money is just leaving the community. Like, I mean, people are going to buy tools Mm -hmm. on Amazon when there's a tool shop, you know, down the street Mm -hmm. and less and less and less money is staying in that community, which makes the community harder to harder to thrive for everybody that lives there. There's less job opportunities for the youth that are growing up in those communities because there's no more accountants because the accountants don't have jobs because all the local businesses have closed, right? So there's systemic issues, I think, in some of those problems that we're looking at that need really creative, innovative looking at in order to solve. Yeah. Interesting. So everybody's yeah. moving to the cities. And there's so these small towns are just yeah. getting smaller. And pretty much you only have like uh, the farmers that pretty much work there, the ranchers or whatever. And then you don't have, you don't really have any additional like services or industry. Right. And those farmers and ranchers are getting older and older. There's, there's a need for incentivizing and, um, and making farming good and profitable for young people. The average age of a farmer in Arizona, I think it's 52. Mm-hmm. So if you consider that, I mean, as, as we continue to grow and, and go further, if, if we're not providing solutions to help more young people start and get into that industry, then there's going to be a big gap there too. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Deep stuff. D- it's that's awesome. Some thick stuff. That's that. yeah, hard to get into with 10 minutes left. But. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> we, we scratched the surface of it. Yeah. Which means we'll have to have another, another, day. another conversation. Another beer. No. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or a beer. <laughs> we'll skip the coffee. Go yeah. straight for the beer. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll relocate to Arizona Wilderness. Because it's not 12 o'clock yet, which is Mike's apparent cut. Uh, Apparently. I, I can be, I can, I got some wiggle room. Where you can that. move from coffee to alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really just depends on what the rest of the day holds. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and Sometimes. whether or not I have to face my trainer. So, oh, yeah. yes. Personal that's always trainer. a. That's always a factor. Do you use a local personal trainer? Of course or, I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After our coffee conversation, Max. it might be, might be, uh, you might be questioning all of my, <laughs> all of your integrity. <laughs> yeah. 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 Max, Max fit, right? Yep. Max right fit. Cool. Locally Max. owned uh, trainer or locally owned um, private gym. He actually owns the gym and then he does personal training out of that nice. as long as, as well as a bunch of other uh, local trainers. Cool. Right so. Um, yeah, it's a really cool uh, concept. It's basically an incubator for personal trainers. So nice. he provides the space and the equipment and kind of finds uh, flexible ways to get trainers up and running in the space cool. while they're building their business and building their, their clientele. And, mm. um, you know, kind of similar to a, a co-working space, but really focused on personal trainers. And mm-hmm. so all of them are independent, you know, privately owned, sole entrepreneurs. That's really awesome. Working out of that space. I use a local gym. Yeah. 
It's called Downstairs at Max Six. <laughs> and it's like every yes. few minutes, like every like hour or two, if I'm like getting tired or whatever, I'll just run down there and do a set of something and then run up the <laughs> stairs. And then uh, I use the local uh, Santan uh, Valley uh, sidewalk as well. There you nice. go. So, great gym. Yeah. Very, very local. And if you buy your local beers, it's this great like circle of calorie burn yes. intake. You know? <laughs> it's the circle of <laughs> calories, right? Circle of calories. <laughs> I feel like that's an infographic. Yeah. Local calorie intake and burn. We'll have to work on the sure branding for somewhere. that. There's yeah. a just take the water cycle and just like replace it. Yes, with, exactly. Yeah. yeah, beer and gyms. <laughs> <laughs> right this on. It's been awesome. Thank yeah. you so much, Thomas, totally. for coming on. Yeah, really appreciate fun. it. What? Um. So, local first Arizona. How how would people find out more about? Local first, localfirstaz.com. Um, cool. If you're a small or uh, locally owned business in Arizona, it's super affordable to join. I will provide lots of resources to all types of businesses, whether you're in Phoenix or Bisbee or Tucson or Sierra um, Vista or Sierra Vista. Yeah. yeah. Can't forget that one. Which and then the, the Good Business Summit. Arizona Good Business Summit, January 30th. Tickets still on sale, um, but we're going to sell out. So you better get them now. Yeah, get yeah. on that. Yeah, get on get it. Get on it. And the website for that is... it's Just go to localfirstaz.com. Local um, it's uh, slash good dash business is where the business summit Perfect. is. But there's a pop-up right now, so you'll be taken right to it. So. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, make it easy. Yeah. Just plop it right on right there for there. people. Yeah. That's great. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you all for joining us and all of our listeners for hanging out. Um, I'm Mike Jones with uh, and, uh, AZ I'm, Brandcast and yeah, Resound. And Chris Stadler and two and... Yeah. Have, and uh, if people are interested in finding out more about AZ Brandcast, check us out at azbrandcast.com. Um, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe there. Give us five stars because we like those and they help us rank better. And we deserve so that five more stars. people can Come find on. us. And we think we and deserve we're a local, five stars. We're a local podcast. Yeah. If you're in so Arizona. support your local podcast <laughs> and <laughs> give us five stars. If you want to contact uh, Mike, uh, Mike at resoundcreative.com, and I am Chris at resoundcreative.com um, our guests you can contact Thomas Barr at thomas at localfirstaz.com awesome thanks, thanks everybody mm-hmm.